We're doing a four-week study on worship. What is worship? How does worship uh, play out in our lives? What does it look like? Uh, what it maybe isn't? And today we're going to be talking primarily about music. And we're, it's going to be maybe a little different sermon than normal. I do uh, ask for your patience uh, most of you know that uh, I have a slight struggle with reading, and I have uh, three pages of notes that most of it I'm going to try to read today. So if I screw up, know that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. But I, I find what I have today to be really important um, in, in the aspect and understanding how we come before God in our worship and how our attitude towards Him should be and uh, the whole concept of music and worship uh, can often be skewed and can often be uh, misunderstood as um, the only time we worship is when we sing. Uh, we have worship bands and, and worship songs and, and so on and that's what they're titled. And uh, we and, and that's okay to a point, but we have to understand that um, we worshiped, as Jeremy said, and as, as uh, Tyler is probably going to mention, and I will mention, we worshiped in the lobby today, or we should have. We worshiped in our Sunday school class, or we should have. We worshiped in our songs. We we worshiped just a minute ago when Jeremy was talking about how to share the greatest truth we have, the gospel. We worshiped in that. We worship right now in the preaching of his word. And so, worship, I don't want to uh, give any understanding today that it is only music. If you were to go out into the street today and ask, what do you view as worship? I would uh, say probably the majority of people uh, that are not believers and even believers would say, well, worship is when you sing to God. That is a common belief that we have, which is true, but it is, doesn't end there and it doesn't start there either. It is a means well, we're going we're gonna to read through the book of Psalms, uh, a few verses. I, I was putting these verses together and I thought, well, we could spend um, an entire sermon just reading the book of Psalms and all the times it talks about singing to God. And so we're not going to do that this morning. Uh, I would encourage you to, to look those passages up. Um, but today we're going to just look at a few. What I statement that I want to make and then we'll pray, is that people are not, humans are not the generator of music. We did not invent, we did not invent song. This is an invention of God. This is something God has given to us. We didn't invent the, the worship time in service as a time that man chose it. This is all ordained and all given to us by God to sing to Him. So this is God's idea, not ours. And because it's His idea, it's a good idea 
to follow His plan, right? So let's pray and then we will, we will look at what uh, the Scripture has for us. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the truths we find in it. Lord, we are humbled today and awed that You have any desire to have a relationship with us. Lord, we are honored today that we have the privilege to worship, to adore, to praise Your name. And that You desire to hear that from us. Lord, I pray that this would be our heart uh, today and as we move forward. In Your name, Amen. You can turn to these, but most of these, all of these will be up on your screen. Our main, con- our main text is uh, Colossians 3 and chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 16 is our main text today, but we're going to be reading through uh, the Psalms. Psalms 147 and verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praise to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is becoming. Praise the Lord. It is good to sing praise to our God. We can just pause right there. It is good to sing praise to God. This is reference to not only in corporate these are psalms. These were meant to be sang together. But this is also in reference is a time that we can spend singing praise to God with just uh, our personal walk, our personal time with Him. God desires to hear our song of worship. It's the longest book in our Bible. The longest uh, Accumulation of, of scriptures together in one area is the book of Psalms and it's songs to God and worship. Sometimes in heartache, it is songs that are God-focused and God-centered. That is so vitally important. And in the latter part of our, our sermon today, we're going to be talking about uh, words and how important they are. I asked Jeremy today, make sure you... Tell the people, let's focus on the words that we say. It's so vitally important when we sing praises to God that we know what we're saying. That we're not just reciting empty words. It would not be good to stand up and sing praises to God and sing empty, worthless, meaningful, meaningless words to Him. There would be no benefit to that. Singing praise to Him is a desire that God has not only for the congregation to sing together, but also for individuals to sing. Psalms 105 and verse 2, it says, Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Speak of all His wonders. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. This is not a time, and there are times. Let me, let me make sure I clarify what I'm going to say here. 
when we sing, we, especially in church or we're in a, a worshipful manner, this is to God. We are not to sing praise of man. That's not what this is talking about. We don't worship man. And we can sing songs about men, but that's not worship. There's a song in, uh, that I, uh, we've sang many years ago, um, and I'm not 100% sure what I think about it, but the song is called, Where is a Gideon? And the song is primarily focused on the life of Gideon and what he does and what he did. And it says, Will you be a man like Gideon? Now, the, uh, the idea is good. Gideon served God, and, 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 and there was good aspects to Gideon's life. But the focus is not on Gideon. The focus is on God. And so we need to be careful in our songs that we don't think of them as worship when they are man-centered. Sing praise to who? To Him Sing to Him. Speak of His wonders. When we sing of the wonders of God, there's a song in our hymnal that says, there's a wonder of sunset at evening. The wonder of sunrise I see. But the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. What a wonderful thought that is. We wonder at Him and we sing praise to Him. How great Thou art when we see His creation. We wonder and awe at Him and sing praise of His creation. We sing to Him. Psalm 100, 1-3 Shout with a joyful, shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us. And not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Remember, this is a song that they would sing. This is all about who God is in worshiping Him. As we sing praise to Him, shout joyfully. We should be willing and able to sing out loud. You say, well, Mark, my voice is not all that good. It does not say make a good sounding noise to God. That's not what it says. Because... The majority of us would probably, uh, and today there was notes that I did not hit right. All right? And if that was the qualification, then the majority of people would not be qualified to sing to God. It does not say make a good sounding noise. It says make a joyful noise. That has to do with what? That has to do with our heart our heart, and how we respond to Him in our songs. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. 
Now, there are different types of joy that we show and different types of emotion within our singing. Today was full of that. Today was full of emotion and singing to the Lord. Sometimes it's very difficult for a song leader to sing when you're all crying out there. Sometimes it's hard to sing when the song leader, Brittany, is crying on stage. The Lord works in our heart through these songs and we cry and that crying is a joyful thing to Him. We are not crying for sorrow. We are crying because of what God means to us. What God means to us. We sing joyfully. And sometimes that is through tears. Especially when we sing songs about through trials and hardships. God will make a way. It's because of Him that we can make it through. And again, the latter part of this sermon is going to be about songs that are not correct and they're not good. And that don't emphasize who He is and what He is doing in our lives. And give wrong emphasis. And we're going to get there. But these songs edify and grow us up and and cheer us on and it can be a ministry to our soul as we praise Him through them. They are such a powerful tool in our worship to God. The songs and the words that we say. The latter part of this verse is wonderful. We are His people. Those that have trusted Him and the sheep of His pasture. We are His. And because we are His, we sing joyfully to Him. Psalm 9, in verse number 2, I will be glad and exalt in You. I will sing praise to Your name, O Most High. We acknowledge who we are singing to. Such a vital, important aspect of when we are singing. There are songs we sing um, in, in modern Christian music and even in old hymns that are not God-honoring. They bring God down to a level that He shouldn't be at. When we understand worship we understand God as the most high God. We are not worshiping our buddy. God our buddy. Me and God, we're buddies. That's not worship. God does say that He is our friend. And He is a friend that sticketh closer to than a brother. And those are statements made about God and how and Jesus and how he he communicates with us but we don't want to come before him in song or in any aspect of our life in a way that says hey God's my buddy and we I worship him no God is the God most high and he should be exalted most high in our songs 
And I'm going to keep emphasizing the, the, the phrase or the understanding of our words are vitally important. They have meaning. What we sing matters. Especially when we're singing praise to God. 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 8 through 11. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Speak of all His wonders. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those that seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Seek His face continually. Let me read this again. It's so important that we grasp what he's saying here. Oh, give thanks. An aspect of singing praise to God, an aspect of worship in any kind, whether you're singing or uh, in your personal time when you're speaking, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Our song should be filled with gratitude to who He is. Call upon His name. We should sing about His name. We should call about His name. We, everything His name in worship. Make known His deeds among the people. Can you think back about the songs that we sang today? About the deeds that He has done in our lives? That is what we are to sing about. That is what we are to bring call worship and to 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 have come out of our mouth in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Speak of all His wonders. We just talked about that. The wonders of God should be enwrapped in, 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 in our songs of worship. Glory in His holy name. We should glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those that seek the Lord be glad. Our songs should be filled with joy and with glad tidings. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Those are what our songs should be about. Seeking, praising Him. Jeremy was talking about our, our witness today. And how we share the gospel. Do we realize that it is possible through song to share the gospel? In Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas had a little prayer meeting in prison. And involved in their prayer meeting was a bunch of singing of hymns. I would really like to know what the hymns of the early church were. Jesus talks about singing a hymn and then going uh, to the garden, Mount of Olives. 
They talk about singing hymns. I would love to know what the hymns were uh, of, of those days, of the first century believers. We have great hymns today. But our hymns can be a way of sharing, not the way, but we can share the gospel. If you listen to, again, some of the songs talked about today, or saying today, they talked about His blood. They talked about His sacrifice. They talked about that He came from heaven to die for us. All of this is gospel-centered. And as Paul and Silas were, were praying and singing, and the prisoners were listening to them. This means that the words that they were saying, they could hear. And these were words based upon Scripture. We don't know what the hymns were, but they were praying and singing hymns. And, it, and Luke made a point to mention that the prisoners were listening. What does that tell us about the songs that we sing? The world around us listens. The world around us hears the words that we sing. They need to be not only God-honoring, but they also need to be correct in theology. Not every song that we sing is going to be a... And this was a, um, a statement made from another pastor. Um, not every song we sing is going to be a theological seminary class, okay? There are some that are very, very deep in theology and others aren't as deep. But they still have to be correct in what they are teaching through the songs. Our text this morning is Colossians 3 and verse 16. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell in you. The Word of Christ. This is the Word of Christ. Your Bible is the Word of Christ. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell in you. This is a deep understanding and a, and a love for the Word of God. A love for it. To know Him. To desire Him. Let the words of Christ richly dwell in you. With all wisdom. Okay, we gain wisdom through the knowledge of His Word. The more that we more wisdom we have. And what is Paul saying here? With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Makes a pretty big point in making sure that we understand the importance of of our singing to God and our singing in worship. Teaching and admonishing. Our songs do what? They teach us. They teach us about who we are. They teach us about who He is. Our songs should not just be what we might say frou-frou words. Meaningless words. There are songs that we sing um, so often in our Christian that we just repeat the same line, what's called the 7-11, right? You sing seven words 11 times over. 
You just keep repeating Him. And usually those songs are not filled with much meaning. They need to have meaning. We're teaching. We're admonishing. Some of the songs we sang today admonished us. Thank Him for the trials. Thank Him for pain. Knowing that He has ordained. Teaching and admonishing one another. This is in a corporate setting. This is together with songs. So we sing out of the psalms. There's a lot of our songs that we gain um, lyrics from. And we don't typically sing um, full psalms today. We sing parts of them. Uh, we gain ideas from the psalms and write, word, or write music to them. Uh, one that comes to my mind is as the deer, right? As the deer uh, panteth for the water. That is, comes from the Psalms. We have many Psalms that we sing in our hymnal. Um, uh, the, the, song, the hymns that we sing that are derived from the, hymn, the Psalms. Hymns are theologically songs in nature. Songs that give praise to Him, that teach us about Him, and that are focused on Him. They are worshipful in nature. And then we have songs and spiritual songs. Now, in my study, there's not a real clear understanding of what the spiritual songs necessarily are. Some believe that that is a personal song within your own heart. Some believe it's a song given to those that are believers. And it's a spiritual. The Scripture talks about that we sing in our spirit to God. But again, it's a focused on who He is. Singing with what? Thanksgiving. Thankfulness. In our hearts. This is mindset. This is mindset. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk here for just a minute about the mindset of worship and the mindset of worship and music. When we come to church, we need to leave our, our, our struggles as far as... We, we bring our struggles because we want... The, 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 the brothers and sisters to, to help us through that. But we don't want to dwell on those when we're here. We're here as a congregation to worship Him. And when our mind is more focused on the hard week of work that we had or whatever other struggles that we have, it's hard for us to focus on who we are to worship. When we come in and we sit down and we, the first thing that we do oftentimes is we have a greeting and then we go right into song. Our hearts should be ready to be ministered to and ministered to and, and sing to God. And our hearts should be prepared for that. If our hearts are elsewhere, thinking about the ball game maybe this afternoon or whatever else that might be on our mind, we are not in worship. We're not in a 
heart of worship to God. Our heart should be geared towards Him. And now this is a all-the-time statement. Just as Scripture says we should pray without ceasing, we understand that to being we, we can't pray without ceasing because then we would never get anything done, right? So the understanding is we pray without ceasing is a heart of prayer. A heart of understanding that we need God at all times. And that we need Him, our hearts should be prayerful towards Him. The same can be said about our worship. Now we are sinful creatures and we fail miserably at this. I know I do about having a continual heart of worship. But here it's thanksgiving in your heart to God. Our hearts should be prepared for worshiping Him. And this is in every aspect of the service before, after. We should prepare our hearts. We should know that we are coming before the Lord God Almighty. And we are setting a specific time. Just as we should pray without ceasing, but we should also set specific times aside where we spend time alone with God praying. We need to do the same with our worship. And often that's done in our corporate worship together. We set time aside where we gather together to specifically worship and adore Him. When we come here on the property, that's, and when, our, when we're driving here, it begins. And, and it, our hearts are, should be. Now, oftentimes, and it happens in my house, and I know if you have children, it happens in your house, there's not a lot of worshiping going on before you get here. Get in the car! Why are you late? Where are your shoes? Where's my child? She's hiding her face over there. Okay, there's not always a time of worship before, okay? Even on the way here, you know, you, 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 you spend time at each other, fighting. We need to work at understanding our heart of worship is not only when we come in here and start singing songs. God, God understands we're fallen and God understands that we are not going to be perfectly worshiping Him. But we need to understand when we come here, our hearts should be geared to hear from Him and to sing praise and worship Him. That is our focus. That should be our focus teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is one aspect. This is not the aspect of worship. This is one aspect of worship. <clears throat> we need to sing songs that are theologically correct. And this is something I just stated. Now, there's two thoughts I want to give you here real briefly. There is music. Music is powerful. Music is uh, controlling. I'm going to ask you some questions. and Just raise your hand. Okay? 
And I, and I, I want you to, to think about what I'm going to ask you today because it's going to make a point here in just a minute. How many of you enjoy country western music? How many of you can't stand it? <laughs> Stacy's the only one that can't stand country western music. Yeah, kind of like it, kind of don't, okay? <laughs> How many of you like um, rap music? Okay, there's a few, and it's okay. I'm not, there's no judging in here today, all right? It's okay. How many of you in here would say, I don't like rap music? And that's okay. Okay, how many of you here like big band music? Big band music. Some of you might not. Maybe hip-hop. Some of you, and Mike, that's his favorite. I know that. <laughs> hip-hop music, right? Hip-hop. That's, that's a style of music that some people like. You know, rock and roll. Oldies. There's, there's all kinds of music. There you go. There we got one there, okay? Music is a preference. And I want to make sure I, 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 un, we understand this. Music is a preference. Scripture talks about different instruments in Scripture, but it doesn't talk about how they're played. And if we get up here this morning and say, only the music that you hear from Orchard Hills Sunday morning is the only one that you ought to listen to, what are we going to do with the churches that don't have a piano player? Don't have a guitar player. What are we going to do with the churches that are in the jungles and, and have completely different styles of music? We cannot definitively say that this music is what we should listen to and this is not. Now there are Christians out there that will die on this hill. Uh, there is only one style of music for Christians. And music, remember, I'm talking about the music, not the words. Okay? We need to be very careful as believers that we don't judge the heart of someone and the music that they choose. Personally, and I did a lot of research. I played, I, I played some Christian rap music for my wife to listen to. She did not enjoy it. Okay? I have, I know people and I, I have acquaintances that worship God with Christian rap music. And that is perfectly acceptable. It's perfectly acceptable. There are some music that you might think in your head, there's no way you could worship to that. Well, that's, that is a preference. What is not a preference. And we're going to talk a minute, uh, we're going to talk again about music here in just a minute. But what is not a preference in music is the lyrics. That is not preference. That is not something that we can say, well, that's, that's what they believe. And we're specifically talking about songs of worship to God. Okay, the lyrics are not up for debate on, you know, what what is theologically and what isn't. You cannot write a song that's not theologically correct and it's okay. That's not a preference issue. That is, uh, that is not right at all, as we've seen in Scripture. And I'm going to go over a few songs. Some of these you're going to know. 
And when I mention the title of it, you're going to say, what? Not everything in these hymns, and I just picked out hymns. Uh, we could do hours and hours on non-theological songs, okay? But we're not going to go there. We're just, I picked out a few hymns because I want us to be educated in our worship time in music and that we don't just accept that it's in the hymnal and so therefore it must be biblical. That is not always the case. And so we want to... Um, we want to be vigilant in how we, we sing. Because remember, singing is what? Teaching and admonishing. And we don't want to teach the wrong thing in our songs. Okay, the first song, Is Your All on the Altar? How many of you know this song? Is Your All on the Altar? Just a few of you, okay? Is Your All on the Altar? This is a, a hymn that is saying, often for um, what we would call invitations, okay? In some denominations, they, at the end of the sermon, uh, the pastor will uh, tell everybody to heads bowed and close their eyes, and they will offer the altar here, <coughs> and you can come and lay your burdens on the altar, and uh, they sing many different songs as many times as they can to get the result <laughs> to the altars, Okay? Uh, so if I were to do that, then I would sit here and wait and wait because we all know Dean needs to be down here. And I'm going to keep singing the same song until Dean comes down. All right? And, and often that's what happens. And this is kind of that type of song. Okay? Is your all on the altar? And this is, there's two verses. Some of the verses are okay. These two verses I had issue with. Have you longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase? And have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you can, but you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on your alt all on the altar is laid. How many of you struggle with that understanding? Let me read it again. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on your altar is laid. All on the altar is laid. It's not biblical. That's not a biblical understanding at all. Verse number two. You, uh, uh, would you walk with the Lord in the light of His Word? Have peace and contentment always. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. You can have peace and contentment with Him. Have you, uh, you must do His sweet will to be free from all ill. You must do His will to be free from all ill. The word ill there is anything harmful. This is a song in our hymnal that we should not sing. 2 Timothy 3.12 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be what? Persecuted. So, here it's saying that all of our, all of our wills should be laid at this altar. We should desire God more. What the song is saying, we'll be free from all ill if we do that. 
what the Scripture is saying is, we'll be persecuted. We're going to go with what Scripture says and not with this song. That is not worshipful. That is a wrong way of worshiping because it does not tie with Scripture. Do we see what I'm getting at here? It's an important aspect of worship. The next song is, I Must Tell Jesus. I Must Tell Jesus. How many of you know this song? I Must Tell Jesus. Now don't, don't throw things at me, alright? Listen to what I have to say, and if you have an argument afterwards, then we can talk about it. Okay? I Must Tell Jesus. Alright, verse number 2 says, I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. Absolutely. Very good. He is a kind, compassionate friend. Any arguments with that? No. If I but ask him, that's good, he will deliver. That's good. Make, all, make of all my troubles quickly end. So if I ask him, he's going to make all of my troubles quickly end, right? No. What does 1 Corinthians 10.13 say? No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able, but that the temptation will uh, provide a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Endure it. It doesn't say that it will end. He's going to help you endure all of those hardships and so on. So just be careful. Not everything is wrong in what that, that uh, verse number 2 was saying. But the end, make of my troubles quickly an end, is not a true statement of Scripture. It is a prosperity type style of singing. Prosperity gospel, if you might see. The same thing can be said about the Israel on the altar. If you live a certain way, you won't have any ill or trouble. Well, that means if you get cancer, obviously you weren't living right. If you have trouble of any kind, you're not living in the way that God would desire. That is not a true statement at all. Haven of Rest. How many of you know this song? Haven of Rest. Again. Let the words say and then we'll see what, it, what, uh, what we think from it. My soul is set out on live sea, so burdened with sin and Here's the word. Here it is. Till I heard a sweet voice saying, Make me your choice. And I entered in the haven of rest. What do we understand about salvation? We talked about this in our Romans class today. Jeremy talked about it briefly. When it says, Make me your choice. Do we choose God? Or does He choose us? The effectual call of God is something that we cannot choose. We have been chosen for salvation. John 15, 16. 
just the first part of this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and adopted you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. So when we sing this song, um, I'll, t- I'll, hear as, uh, I'll hear his sweet voice saying, make me your choice. This is, in essence, God is saying, please choose me. You know, I, I get the picture here of God standing on the playground with his hand up. Choose me, choose me, choose me. I want to be on your team. That's not what we see. That's not God. That's not the God that we see in Scripture. He's not left this up to a choice for humans. You say, well, what do you mean, or how does that work? Why should we do what Jeremy said to do? Why, If it's not our choice, then why should we go out and share the Gospel? Why should we sing the Gospel? Because we're commanded to by Scripture as God's means to see the lost and dying world saved. I would encourage you to come on Wednesday night and go through Peter. Because Jeremy taught about that last Wednesday. I would encourage you that are not in the Romans class to listen to the audio. And to fill your mind with correct teaching on how we know we are saved. And we don't sing songs that go contrary to what Scripture would say. Now, in my notes here, <clears throat> you can see I have black. That's where I don't have any disagreement. The red is where I have disagreement. Okay, Green is the verse. This next song, the whole thing is in red. Okay, And I'm going to wager that most of you have never heard this song. But the Savior is waiting. Anyone heard this one? You've heard this one? A few of you. Okay. The Savior is waiting. Verse number one. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let Him come in? There is nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to Him? Time after time he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, uh, oh how he wants to come in. What I want to ask you this morning, and this is important, how many of you would come to me after service and say, hey Mark, I got an issue with... Uh, that song. Jeremy. Joseph. I'm wanting to see more hands, all right? This is, this is good, all right? If we sang a song like this, now there might be songs, and I am going to encourage you right now. If there is a song that the praise band sings or a song that I choose out of the hymnal, and you find issue with it, please bring it to my attention. And if maybe you didn't understand it correctly, we can make sure you did. Or we will not sing it anymore. Those are the two options we have. Okay, This one we will never sing. The Savior is waiting to 
enter your heart. No, we don't see that in Scripture. Okay? Why don't you let Him in? As if we had a choice. There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to Him? Time after time He has waited before and now He is waiting again. It it gives the understanding as if Jesus is up in heaven saying, oh, I hope He chooses me. Please. I've called Him multiple times. I've sent Mark. I've sent Jeremy. I've sent this guy. I've sent that guy. He's He's just not choosing me. What else can I do? That is not the picture that we see of God. Romans, and we just went over that, uh, we went over verse 29 today, 8.29, Romans 8.29 and 30. But this gives what happens in salvation. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30. Those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. Amen? This is Scripture. This is why salvation works. Salvation does not work by God sitting up there hoping that we will become saved. Wishing that we will be saved. Not how salvation works. God is in complete control. And if we sing songs that take Him out of control or take Him out of the authority that He has out of salvation and paint Him in a completely different light, this is not worship. This is blasphemy. Blasphemy. Make me a blessing. How many know this one? Make me a blessing. I figured this song out when I came up to sing. And uh, often what I'll do is I'll sit down there and I'll read through it to make sure that I don't come up here and uh, say something I shouldn't. And I'll make sure I understand the, the, the flow of the words. Okay? <laughs> the second verse of this song um, does not work. So I came up and I sang the first verse and the last verse, and we haven't sang it since. Tell the sweet story of Christ and His love. We're all in agreement there, right? Tell of His power to forgive. It's good. Others will trust Him if only you prove every moment you live. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, way to laugh. Okay? Let me read that for you again. I didn't see enough faces that, what? Others will trust him. If only you prove every moment you live. So salvation completely depends on how you live for others to trust him. No pressure there. Wow song is a closing hymn. I'm going to send you out today. Every moment you live uh, depends on someone's salvation. Wow. we got to be so careful 
in how we choose our songs. This statement here is these. Salvation is a work of Christ alone. It does not depend on us or how we live for salvation of others. There are people who believe that when you get to heaven, and I'm sure that you've heard this, when you get to heaven, someone's going to, before they're uh, cast out of, into outer darkness, they're going to come up to you and say, how come you never shared the gospel with me? Have you heard that before? How come you never shared the gospel with me? Because you didn't share the gospel with me, I'm spending an eternity in hell. That is not a biblical understanding of salvation. It's not a biblical understanding of salvation. Romans 29.30 multiple different places in John 3 or John in 5 and 16 He chose us. We didn't choose Him. If God is the one doing the choosing He's using us as the mechanism to bring Him to Himself. It's all about Him being glorified. It's about His glorification. We are saved to glorify Him. We sing to glorify Him. We worship to glorify Him. It's all about God. Every aspect of the Christian life should be wrapped up in the understanding it's about Him and Him being glorified. So, as we wrap up today, I want us to understand music is a vital, important part of our worship. It is not the only part of our worship, but it is so vital. It is given to us by God. We see that through Scripture. We see that through the Scriptures we read today. And it has purpose. Our music has purpose to teach and to admonish one another. And we do that through our psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, I talked just briefly about our music. Not the words, but our music. What we strive to do here is have a style of music that um, can bring everyone together. And we can worship together. We don't. We we try not to use uh, obviously words, but any type of music that might be offensive or cause somebody to go away. But I want to. Un, I want us to understand that the style of music within the church is not what should bring us or keep us at church. The style of music is not what should bring you or keep you at church. I'm not saying this because this is on the radar or plan. But Jessica and I might not always be here. And there might be a season of time where there is no piano and there is maybe no other. And if the reason you stay here is because you enjoy the music from Jessica and I or the praise band, and for whatever reason that leaves, 
If that causes you to leave, you're here for the wrong reason. You should be here because we rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide the word of truth. We try to make our music enjoyable. We try to make it uh, lively and exciting. Um, worshipful. But remember, it's a mechanism to get us to worship. It is not worship itself. So I hope you have a good understanding or a better understanding of music it is God-focused, God-honoring. If you find a hymn or a praise song that we sing here, or you find one uh, and you're just out and about and you have a question, I've been trying to find a song. I don't know the name of it, but it's the one of the parts of the words. Uh, it's a modern uh, praise song, and it says, "You cannot love others until you learn to love yourself." I listen to uh, music as when I'm working, and I'd say 90% of the time it's Christian um, type music, um, and. When that song comes on, I don't matter what I'm doing, I, want, I go over and turn it off because it irritates me. <laughs> and there's a few songs that I go and turn off because they're not biblically sound. Our heart of worship to God should be biblical in entirety. 